church. How's everybody doing today? Come on, we can do better than that. God's in the house. He's worthy. He is so good. How many of you sense his presence here today? As it is every day that we come together, as Melody was saying earlier, where two or three are gathered together in his name, there he is in our midst. And such an amazing time we've been having so far. And you're in for the word of God, and it's alive and it's active. And I'm excited to be here today. Uh, Pastor Phil and Pastor Tammy uh, will be back next weekend. They are uh, at Hawaii. And uh, yeah, let's give it up for Pastor Phil and Pastor Tammy. So I love them. It's an honor to be here. Uh, I feel like I've got a big pair of shoes on today, so <laughs> pray for me. Uh, but yes, we love them that are streaming and watching us. So uh, can we just say, can we just say, hi, Pastor Phil, hi, Pastor Tammy? You guys want to do that? Hi, Pastor Phil. Hi, Pastor Tammy. They heard it, so we don't have a camera at the front yet, so maybe we can do that. <laughs> yes, and then all of those that are streaming with us, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and yes, you, you could be anywhere in Orange County. There's so much to do here, and there's just amazing things in Orange County, but you have decided to be here, and I believe it's because God has wanted you here. Amen? He's got an encounter for you. He wants to open up your eyes today to see his wonders anew. And uh, if I was to title my message for today, I would title it, uh, of course, we're in the famous series. And how how many of you have been enjoying the famous series? It's been great. It's been great. We want to make Jesus famous. There was a saying around here, Pastor Phil said, that his, his, your fame for his glory was a simple way of our mission statement as we started the church. But um, my title for today would be glorified, simply glorified. And we're going to get in that in more of a minute. It's an honor to have my parents here, mom and dad, and my sister, Nellie. Yes. And of course, my beautiful wife, Erica, bringing down the fire. Hallelujah. Just altar call and we'll go home. How's that sound? And she's in kids. That, this is actually uh, Pastor Christian and Chantel are in the kids' ministry, ministering to your kids. Uh, this is their first Sunday at the helm themselves. So uh, we're so excited for that and excited that Erica could be back with us. But uh, yes glorified. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you that in the name of Jesus Christ, that you've chosen us, that we can be here. We thank you that Jesus, you said that the Spirit of God, as you would go to the Father, would come and be poured out. And we thank you that your Spirit is pouring out today in our lives. God, will we be vacant vessels for your Spirit to fill? Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we thank you that your Word is alive and it's active and it's sharper than any double-edged sword. Lord God, would you do that today in our lives? Divide the thoughts and the intentions of our heart, Lord, that we would look more like you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So my scripture for today where I'm gonna focus at is gonna be John chapter nine, verses one through seven. Uh, I'm I'm not gonna read it, so put your finger in there, fold it over, go home tonight and read it. Uh, But I know God is gonna speak to us today from this portion of scripture. It's where it kind of started from, but... Uh, I want you to, if you've got your Bibles, you can turn into John 17, because I, I want you to hear this. And this whole thought of glorified started uh, really in John 17, and Jesus lifted his eyes to heaven, and he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. Glorify your Son, so that your Son may glorify you. And later on in John 17, verses 4 through 5, it says, And I have glorified you on the earth. And I have finished the work which you gave me to do. What did he do? He, okay, I got two or three of you. He finished, everybody together, he finished the work. And who gave it to him? 
God gave him to do. And now, Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Later on in John uh, 17, he actually prayed for you and I sitting here today that the glory that he had would be given unto us, unto us sitting here today. And you're saying, well, passionate, how does glorified tie into famous? Because you heard him say that I have finished the work which you gave me to do. The word glorified, Jesus actually used a Greek word that's, that's not used often in the New Testament. And this Greek word actually means to render, to finish, to bring to completion, to render, to finish, to bring to completion, uh, to esteem glorious, to make glorified, to f- be full of glory, to honor, and to magnify, to bring to completion. Jesus was saying that it is, I am bringing it to completion. I have finished what you've asked me to do. For you and I in our lives today, I hope this is a challenge that we would be able to say, God, be glorified in this vessel. Be glorified in this vessel that as I walk through the days that you would have for me, that I would be able to say, God, I've finished what you've asked me to do. Paul said, I've run the good race and I've fought the good fight, right? So this thought came into my mind about um, accomplishing the task that's at hand. When we were actually at uh, Teresa's memorial service just a few weeks ago with Randon, he's seated in the front. And uh, he, what an amazing service. You could, it was one of, the, one of those services where you could just sense the presence of God. You could sense the celebration in the room because we all knew where Teresa, where she's at. She's peering over the balcony of heaven with Jesus Christ and all of those who have gone before us and are in heaven, and she's cheering us on. And you could just feel that energy in the room. And of course, there's tears and we're, we were sad, but at the same point, excited and exuberant for her. And Randy came up to share a word. It was amazing. One of the things he said in his, in his word about his testimony of his wife was that we have finished our task. Our assignment is complete. He said our assignment is complete. See, if many of you, uh, many of you know and some of you don't that Teresa fought uh, for her health for many years, and we've seen many miracles and the hand of God upon her life. She was really a walking miracle. And he had made a decision that he would do whatever it takes to keep his wife as comfortable as she could possibly be. And agreeing with her in prayer and, agreeing and helping with doctor visits and all of this stuff, he would drop whatever he was doing to go and to help his wife. What an amazing testimony of a husband. As Christ so loved his church, so should we love our wives. Thank you, Randy. And he said our assignment is complete as he was able to celebrate with her that she is standing in the glorious presence of God, completely healed. No ailment, no sickness, no disease. How many know that's heaven? That's the presence of God. As it is in heaven, so be it on earth. As it is in heaven, so be it on earth. And as I heard him say that, my assignment is complete. I felt the Spirit of God say, and I've got another one for Randy. And I've got yet another one. Because how many of you know when you complete something, there's another task that's coming. From glory to glory. From glorified to glorified. Until you, as long as you're breathing, as long as you're able to blink those eyes, as long as you're able to, li- to speak from that mouth, as long as you're able to move and you're in this physical body, it is an opportunity for the Spirit of God to align with your spirit, your soul, that accomplished God's will on earth. And so I felt God say, Randy, I've got another assignment for you. And the amazing thing was, as we saw the weeks, you know, you don't know the timing of God. We really don't. But as we saw the weeks start to unfold from that celebration of life service, all 
Randy's getting phone calls from people that he knew that were a part of this journey with them, doctors and friends, and asking him how he's doing. And he said, if it wasn't for God, if it wasn't for my church, I don't know how I would get through this, but I have peace. I'm able to make it. I have, feel like I have a strength. And so he started inviting these that would be inquisitive of where he gets this strength and his peace from. We got to see several people come to know Jesus Christ just through what God is doing in this situation. His assignment's not complete. And he knows that, and he knows that God is pleased. He knows that his wife is cheering him on. His assignment is not complete. And when I heard that, I couldn't help but think of Jesus saying, Father, I have finished the work which you gave me to do. There's nothing more that I should do. Of course, we know that he was headed to the cross, but at that place, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane already praying, Heavenly Father, your will be done. Your will be done. If this is the cup that I must take, your will be done. And so Jesus Christ is the light of the world. And today I hope that blind eyes are open spiritually. If we got someone in here with physical blindness, in Jesus' name be open. Amen? To the glory of God to be glorified. Jesus is the very manifestation of God among flesh. He is the word of God made flesh. Jesus Christ, the name that he used in John is I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. And there are seven times that John references Jesus saying, I am. And we're going to look at one of those just in a minute in John chapter nine. But Jesus is the very embodiment of God among us. And in this story, in John chapter nine, we see Jesus is passing by a blind man. The Bible says that he was born blind. So that means there is something missing from the function of sight in his life. If either the part of the eye or whatever it was, there was something that was missing. And as the disciples walked by with Jesus, they said, Rabbi, who is it that sinned? Was it the man or was it the man's parents? Because their understanding, of course, uh, coming out of the Old Testament was that the curse, because of the curse that's been on mankind because of our rebellion against God in the garden, that everything that was broken or dysfunctional in some manner had to be cursed of God and therefore there must have been some kind of sin that was involved in it. And Jesus, he, he said, it isn't about the sin was basically what he said. But he said, this is not about the blindness. This is about the glory of God being manifest. This is about the works of God being known among man. This is about grace and mercy, not about sin. How many of you know that's what God sees when he looks toward you? This isn't about sin. This is about my grace and my mercy. Now, does that mean that we can't deal with our sin? No, that means we repent, turn toward God, and receive his grace and his mercy now on. Amen? The blind man sitting there. This is what he had done. He had begged day after day after day after day. This was his routine. Not able to see. He doesn't even know what it would... He doesn't even know what it means to see. He's never done this from an, an any of day in his life. And Jesus comes and he says, so that all may see the manifest glory of God, so that they may all see the works of God among men. And the Bible says that he did a unique thing. I mean, you know, many times when the Spirit of God leads you to do something, it isn't going to make sense. Anybody agree with me? Spirit lead me? It doesn't make sense sometimes. There's a lot of times that somebody around you may not even agree with you, but you've got to follow God. He will lead you sometimes in a place where your heart will be at peace, but your mind will be warring. 
Your mind will be trying to figure it out. And I will tell you this, it is okay for you to trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Because what happens is there has to be an encounter of God between the heart and the head. He's an experiential God. Not just the knowledge, God of knowledge and wisdom, but he's also a God of experience. He wants you to experience him. And so he'll lead you sometimes into things that don't make sense, but your heart will have a peace. See, we want to fill up the bucket of understanding before we actually step out and try to fill up the bucket of trust. Did you hear that? We want to fill up the bucket of understanding. God, if you give me the list of 10 points, you know what? I'll actually take a step of faith. But God says, no, 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 no. You trust in me with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. What happens is you take a step of faith and all of a sudden you realize you look at your bucket of understanding and it's overflowing. I'm like, what? where did that come from? And then you're encouraged to take another step and another step and another step. He'll lead you in places that don't make sense. But there'll be a peace. So he does the un common thing. Jesus decides he's going to spit on the ground, right? And I don't know if it was just, I, I really, the Bible doesn't give us much detail about this, but if you know what happens next, I, I believe that this wasn't just a small amount of spit. Because <laughs> to make mud out of dirt, I'm a boy. We grow up doing this all the time, right? <laughs> we, we throw stones and we spit. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Get, get, get near water, you throw a stone. <laughs> so Jesus is there, and maybe it was just a little, but I think it was, maybe from down in here somewhere, you know, he's brewing this thing. Don't worry, we eat lunch next. So the early service I was a little concerned about. You know, they just had breakfast, and I saw some people turn pale. I was like, well, we better stop at this. So he takes and he spits on the ground. Can I tell you that it, researchers have found out that the DNA in saliva is the same amount of DNA that is in your blood. Jesus' blood hadn't been shed yet, but still the DNA of the supernatural was, had met the clay. This man needed a miracle, a creative miracle in his eyes, in his sight. And the DNA of the Son of God is laying in the dirt. How many of you know Genesis actually said that God took the dirt, the clay, the ground, and he formed us. He molded mankind. He molded human being, and he took the breath of the Spirit, and he breathed into it, and it became a living being. Jesus' DNA is laying in the dirt again. And he takes the mud. I don't know if he used his foot. I don't know if he used his toe. I don't know if he used his thumb. We'll find out when we get there in heaven. But he takes the mud, and he actually starts to make mud pies in the blind man's eyes. Right? He's making, he's, and the Bible actually says he anointed the man's eyes with the clay, with the mud. He anointed. The anointing always symbolizes the enablement or the empowerment to do something, to accomplish something. Jesus said, for the spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me to do what? Preach the gospel. Sent me to heal the brokenhearted, preach deliverance of the captive, setting up liberty of those that are bruised, because this is the acceptable year of the Lord. He, a king is anointed. He's given the permission to be that leader. A priest is anointed. So the anointing comes. You can see what's about to happen, right? You can see that the DNA has met the clay, and now there's going to be a creative miracle that's about to happen. But the amazing thing is Jesus said this. Right before this happened, he said, I must work while it is yet day. I must work while it is yet day because there's a time coming when it's night and the work won't, be, the work, the work won't continue. 
I believe he said that because you and I are to pick up the work. He hadn't gone to the cross yet. You and I have to pick up the work. And what happens is he smears this, uh, the, 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 anoints the man's eyes with the, the mud and the DNA of the supernatural Jesus Christ, Son of God. You'd think that would be the end of it, right? Maybe it kind of let it dry, cake up, <clears throat> cracks, falls off. Jesus looks at the man and says, go to the pool. A salome, go to the pool. Of the actual, the name means the pool of scent. Go to the pool where I'm sending you. Now, today we have a lot of things in our culture to help people who are handicapped, right? We got the little, the little bumpy things when you walk to the edge of the curb, so you know that the curb's there. We got, you know, all of the devices that. But I, I do not know how this blind man found that pool. He didn't say, John, you're my beloved. You know what? Why don't you make sure that the blind man finds the pool? It didn't say anything about that. So here's a blind man born from birth with mud in his eyes. And Jesus says, hey, yo, go find the pool of scent. Peace out. God tells us some crazy things sometimes. God works in mysterious ways. You can't figure him out. Isaiah says his ways are higher than our ways. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours. My thoughts are higher than yours. You won't even be able to begin to fathom what he does. He sends a blind man to find a pool. I don't know if it took him a few hours, a few days, a few months. I don't even know if maybe he grabbed a life preserver on the way there because if he just happens to like step in. A blind man to find the pool. So he goes to the pool, and the Bible says as soon as he started to wash the mud from his eyes, and remember, he was anointed, he was anointed, so it wasn't just like, yeah, he's washing the mud from his eyes, and the Bible says he opened and he had sight. He was able to see. The blind man was able to see. Come on, let's give God some glory. He opens blind eyes. I don't know what you came in here with today, but I believe with you that God is opening blind eyes spiritually, physically, emotionally, in circumstances and situations. God's, God, open our blind eyes that we can see what you would desire to do with the opportunity that is at stake and at hand. And he looks and he's able to see. All of a sudden, as he's, I don't know how he found his way back home. I mean, he, did, he found his way there. So he gets back home and people start talking. Isn't this the neighbor that sat begging blind? Like, what is and so the Pharisees and the religious people got upset. They're like, this is a gimmick. Like, we got to put a stop to this. So they put them on, they start arguing with them and arguing and arguing with them and demanding him to give an answer. And finally he says, I don't know. All I know this is I was blind and now I can see Jesus showed up. All I know is that I was blind, Jesus showed up, and now I can see. They were demanding the answer from him, and finally he's like, I don't know. I wasn't there. I wasn't able to see it. All I know is that Jesus came, I was blind, and now I see. Can I tell you, that's how quick God can show up in your situation. I was blind. Jesus Christ came, and now I can see. So I don't know what you came in here this morning with. Maybe it's a difficulty in your marriage. Maybe it's a difficulty in a relationship, maybe it's a difficulty in your business endeavor, whatever the difficulty is, maybe it's a financial difficulty, I know this, God has wanting and desiring to anoint you to accomplish his perfect will in this situation, but you've got to desire it. 
you've got a desire. Jesus Christ is a person. Do you believe that? Jesus Christ is a person. The same as you and I. Living, breathing at the right hand of the Father right now, but he is a person. Amen? Jesus Christ is a person. I want to make sure you all get that. We can wrap our minds around that, okay? He walked among us. He had disciples. There's history, talks of Jesus. We can wrap our minds around that. Sometimes we separate it, and I don't know why. I do this myself. Sometimes we separate it from the word of God actually being a person. Jesus in John chapter 1 said that in the beginning the word was with God and the word was God. And he said, now the word of God has been made flesh and it dwells among us. That's Jesus. The word of God is a person. When you read the word of God, I want you to picture it as, as somebody's grabbing you by the hand and leading you in the direction in which God would want you to go. If I was to say to Pastor Drew, Pastor Drew, come up here. And I know he would jump up if I needed him. No, you're good. He'd lay down on a, on, a, on a blue chair the whole time if I needed him to. But if I said, Pastor Drew, jump up here, and he goes, oh, man, you know what, Nate? I don't, I don't know if I can jump up there today. You know, I got my, my skinny worship jeans on today, and they're just not moving. <laughs> he doesn't wear skinny jeans. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> Confessions. <laughs> and I said, no worries, man, no worries, bro. I got you. And I reached my hand out. And I help him up. I pull him up. And not like halfway in, you're like, ooh, man, sorry, Pastor Drew, like, it's about your day. No, but I help him up. I'm a person. And I'm helping him to accomplish something that he couldn't do on his own. The word of God, God desires for it to help us and accomplish things in our life that we can't do on our own. We need a person. It's Jesus Christ. But his word is alive and it's active. And it's just like somebody were to take you by the hand and lead you and to guide you in the narrow way. When you're dealing with stuff, don't worry about texting your neighbor first. Don't worry about texting your friend first. Don't worry about running to the doctor first. Get on your knees and say, God, what is it? Open my blind eyes and help me to see. Help me to see. I'll be honest with you. One of the things I'm dealing with, for some reason, you know, kids, have, kids are amazing. But I tweaked my back. Uh, man, it's been over a year ago. And by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. With a long life will he satisfy me and show me his salvation. When the enemy wakes me up at 3.30, because my, my back is, I kick him in the face. And I'll say, well, 3.30, you want, you want to deal with this already at 3.30? I'll get on my knees and I'll start praying. I'll get, River came down the other day and I actually fell asleep at my Bible praying and he goes, Dad, aren't you supposed to be reading your Bible and praying? <laughs> <laughs> yes, River, thanks. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Listen, whatever gets you up in the middle of the night, I don't know what it is. It could be a fear, a doubt, a worry. It could be a situation, a circumstance. It could be your marriage. It could be your business. I want to tell you something. If you will kick the enemy in the face, he's already been defeated. He's a trespasser. Use the word of God. The word of God is a person. I'll look at my doctor and I'll Trust him because I can see his credentials. I see him standing in front of me and he tells me to do something and I do it. I go to the therapist and he tells me to do something and I do it. My friend, he texts me, you know what? He tells me to do something and I do it. Why do I trust that? Why do I trust them in my life? Whenever I don't trust the word of God first and foremost, the word of God says, if you seek him first, then you will find him. Seek him first. Seek him first, and if it requires that you, God, I don't know which direction to go, humble yourself and just stay still. David said, when I'm still, if I wait on you, God, I will find you. So we got to repent. 
That means to change our direction, to change our thinking. Repent for that temptation that we have to run to somebody else when Jesus Christ, the person, the word of God is among us, that we can find help in and repent for that, that mindset of running to fear before activating my faith. Repent. Again, like I said, I don't know what you face today, but I believe that God is opening up blind eyes. He's desiring to reconcile us unto himself. That's when you repent, what happens? Is that it? No, you repent from, as Pastor Phil says, I'm going in this direction. It's not the direction God wants me to go in. Grace, faith, revelation. I repent. I turn back this way. And now I'm moving in reconciliation. I am reconciled. I'm redeemed unto God. Did you hear that? I'm reconciled. Jesus even said the remission of sin. That means, guess what? You, you repented. Now God's got a remission for you to go back this direction and towards him. And whenever you're reconciled, it's actually 2 Corinthians, Paul said this in chapter 5. Now all of these things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of what? Reconciliation. What has he given us the ministry of? reconciliation, going into break, broken places and fixing it. Reconciliation, going and seeing the broken areas in your life fixed. The foundation's cracked, guess what? Dig some dirt, get down there and fix that thing. The marriage is cracked, get down there and fix that thing. It's not going to be you, but you got to be the vessel that God said, I'm going I'm to go in there and I'm going to use you to do it with the word of God, by the spirit of God and fix it. reconciling all things. God looks at his creation. He says, I want to reconcile back to me. Does that mean that all things will be reconciled? No, but his desire is toward that. And our mindset should be that, that God, anything I enter into, I am a minister of reconciliation to turn all things unto you, that your opinion would show up through me and everything would be aligned with your opinion. Reconciliation. Vessels, Paul said, were to be earthen vessels that are full of his glory. Look at this in 2 Timothy. But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but there are vessels also of wood and clay, some of honor and some of dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for what? Honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Every good work. Like I said, Paul said in Corinthians, that we are an earthen vessel that is designed to carry the glory, the presence of God, that he would be glorified in this earthen vessel, nothing more than dirt. But what the amazing thing is, is it's what is the dirt filled with? The DNA by the blood of Jesus Christ, when we make him our Lord and Savior, now I'm a vessel carrying his glory. And some are made of gold and silver, wood and clay. And the thing about it is, God desires for this vessel to be full of him. What happens with man when we, when you look around and you see uh, just the devastation of, of humankind, especially people that are exalted, sports, athletes, all of these things, you see it all the time. What happens? Man was never designed to carry his own glory. Man was never designed to carry his own glory. God created him to be full of his glory. And so for us, as we repent and turn toward God, God desires that we would be vessels that would be made for honor, that we would be sitting on that shelf waiting for the master to grab us and to fill us with his presence, his glory, that we could go and the world could see something that is different than them. 
David said, you take my cup. Now look at this, David in 23. You, take, you set before me a table. Now you think of all the tables that you sat at, nice tables, tables around your family, tables around uh, you know, holidays, all of these nice tables that, and the conversations and the food that you ate. Think about the most awkward table you ever sat at. Maybe it was a, a, a relationship, a breakup, whatever. It, bad, right? Bad. You're like, man, if I could get out of here, like, gotta go to the bathroom, peace, never coming back. <laughs> David said, God, you set before me a table in the presence of my enemies. Good time to go to the bathroom, peace. No, you set before me a table in the presence of my enemies. And then God says, I, I, I'm gonna anoint you. I'm anointing you. Okay, so I'm sitting at a table with, a, with, and know this, that your enemies are faceless. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. It's not your spouse. It's not your business partner. It's not the neighbor down the street. It's not the guy who cuts you off. You know why they're faceless? Because they have no authority. They're faceless because you look through them to the son of God and you can see what he would desire to do. And you're sitting in the presence of your enemies looking for Jesus. And he said, I anoint you. I've got a plan for you. And he said, I will make your cup run over. Well, so if my cup runs over, guess where it's running to? To my enemies. The problem is we in the church, we, like to, we start complaining. Oh, I got a small cup. My cup's not as big as that person's cup. And I remember, in the, I remember in the 80s when you went to get a drink at a, you know, you got a Pepsi and it was one, it was one cup of Pepsi. That's it, one cup. Yeah, who remembers the 80s? And then in the 90s, there were some restaurants that started giving you free refills and then others didn't. So you came in thinking you would get free refills and all of a sudden it's like your bill is like, how many drinks did I drink? I thought this was free refills. Sorry, you didn't read the sign. No, oh, who thought to read the sign? We start complaining about the size of our cup. Can I tell you something? God said, your cup overflows. If I get free refills, I don't care if it's a small cup. I don't care if it's a big cup. I'd actually prefer a small cup because I'm going to keep coming back into the presence of God. Back in, fill me up, back in, fill me up. Empty me out, back in, fill me up, empty me out. You're a vessel, earthen vessel. Nothing more than a clay pot that God would desire to fill with his anointing, his DNA. Four, three things I want you to think about. I want you to think about, I, there's this, I want you to think of this acronym BOW, okay? This acronym BOW. As we repent, turn to be ministers of reconciliation, God opening our blind eyes, spiritual blind eyes, physical blind eyes, so that we can see what his intent and desire is. B, the letter B, believe. I want you to think of the word believe. What are you committed to? If you ask yourself, what do I believe in? What am I committed in? Do I believe the doctor's report? Do I believe this? Do I believe that? Do I believe that? What am I committed to? What am I, what am I committing my time to? What am I committing my thought life to? Paul said in Romans chapter 12, I beseech you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, for this is your reasonable service expected of you. And do not conform to the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove to that which is the good and the perfect will of God. Did you hear that? that you may prove to the good and the perfect will of God that you would give yourself as a living sacrifice. God, I'm empty of me. I can't do this. God fills you up that you may prove to the good and the perfect will. Can I tell you that there's a will that the enemy would have for you, but then there's also a good and perfect will that's a narrow way that it takes you pursuing him every day, situation to situation, circumstance to circumstance. God, that I may be committed to your good and your perfect will, that when I stand before you, I can prove to that which I've done you through me. 
The next one is O. Who is your, who is your obedience to? Who are you being obedient to? And I mean in like the secret place, in the depths of you. Who are you being obedient to? 2 Corinthians 10, uh, 3 and 6 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For our weapons are not, war, uh, for our weapons are not warfare uh, of the carnal, but are mighty to God of the pulling down of strongholds, the casting down of arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish the disobedience when my obedience is fulfilled. Did you hear that? When you're obedient to him, unto him, when you're obedient unto him, you automatically disarm disobedience. When you, when you pray simple prayers like, Lord, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil, that's obedience. And you know what you've just done? You've disarmed the disobedience in your life. For that day, you disarmed the enemy and his desire to, the weapons that he would form against you, you disarm them in your obedience. Who are you obedient to? The last one, worship. Ultimately, who are you worshiping? Jesus as he faced the temptations that you and I will face in our life, on this last temptation of the wilderness uh, narrative, he's there and the enemy comes and he says, Jesus, I will give you all of this. Just bow down and worship me. How many of you know the enemy's a liar? The devil is a liar. He's only been and that's it. That's it. It was already Jesus's. He was trying to give something that he had no authority to give. He was trying to give him something that was already his. And Jesus said, Satan, get behind me. There's times we need to say, Satan, get behind me. You're the backseat. Jesus is driving a thing. He said, it is written, I will worship the Lord thy God. I will worship the Lord my God and him only will I serve. This is Jesus saying, it is written, I will worship the Lord God and him only will I serve. He was here only to accomplish the Father's perfect will for his life. To be obedient. Can I tell you, for us, as we bow, that's humbling ourselves before God. Let us bow and humble ourselves before God. Let us challenge ourselves in what are we believing and committing to. Let us obey and be obedient every step of the way. That just like the blind man, where Jesus said, this is not about the sin. This is about the grace and the mercy of God that the works of God would be made manifest. This is about God being glorified. Whatever you're going through, it is about God being glorified. Can you say, God, be glorified in this life you've given me. You're just stewarding it. It's a gift that he's given you, that we'd be using it, that we would use it to glorify God. Everybody stand and maybe this morning, there's a group of people, not maybe, there's a group of people I want to focus on here just for a second. For those of you that may be here for the first time or maybe you came into church, you were invited by a friend, I want to focus on you for just a minute because God loves you and he has sent his only begotten son for you. Do we realize that every human being on the face of this earth, Jesus Christ has shed his blood for that? You are God would desire his DNA to meet you. His blood, the very precious blood of Jesus Christ that watches us and cleanses us from our sins. God paid that price for you. You, don't have, you can stop paying the price. That beggar begged so he could eat, so he could pay the price for food, so he could pay the price for this, pay the price for that. We gotta stop begging. Jesus paid the price in full for you, your salvation, that he could know you as a son, as a daughter of God. He paid the full price for 
for your salvation, but also your physical healing, for your mental healing, for whatever it is, your relationship healing, your relational healing. He's paid for it, that it can be reconciled unto him. So this morning, if that's you, if you're saying, Pastor, I don't know if I'm a child of God. I don't know when you talked about this bowing down, humbling myself before God. I've never done that. I don't even know what it means to be obedient to God. This worship thing, man, I, I love the songs we're singing, but what does that even mean? It's more about a song. It's about you living your life surrendered to God. He desires it more than you do. It's not about what you can do to know him. It's about what he has done so that he can know you. He did all the hard work. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So if that's you this morning, if you would like to draw near to God, if you want to be in a relationship with God, it's simple. The Bible says confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. At that point, you're saved. So if there's somebody in this room that wants to pray that, we're all going to pray it with you right now. We're all going to pray it with you. And if you feel so led, you can go ahead and slip your hand up right now saying, that's me. I want to pray this prayer. I want to know that I'm a, I want to know I'm saved. I want to know I'm a child of God. And that's me. Would you pray with me? Influence Church, can we pray with all of those that are raising their hands or they're feeling this prompting? Let's all pray together. Heavenly Father, oh, we can do better than that. All of heaven is about to rejoice for those of you that pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, I come before you because you loved me. I give my life because you gave yours. I bow down. I surrender. I desire to be obedient to you. Teach me what that means every day of my life that I may worship you. An earthen vessel full of your glory, your presence to glorify you, to make you famous in Jesus' name. Can we sing this song out? Can we sing this song out with the band for just a minute? When you say to jump, I'm diving in. If you say be still, then I will wait. And if you say to trust, I will obey. Teach me how to follow in your ways. I'm done chasing feelings. Spirit, leave me. Spirit, leave me. If you say it's wrong. If you say it's wrong, then I'll say no. Say release, I'm letting go. If you're in it with me, I'll be king. And when you say to jump, I'm diving in. If you say be still, then I will wait. And if you say to trust, I will obey. Teach me how to follow in your ways. I'm that you're going through and you want 
that area of blindness to be lifted. I believe there's an anointing in this place today for blind eyes to be opened. See, what happens is the cup's got to be turned over for it to be used. Like this, God's pouring out his spirit right now, but guess what? This cup can't be filled. It's got to be turned over. So if you want to see those things turned over in your life, the anointing of God, I want you to just raise your hand. There's something I'm going through. I, need, I want the blind eyes open. Physical healing, emotional, relational, whatever it is. You need some financial. God, open my blind eyes. Let me, see what you're, let me see what the potential is. Let me see what the opportunity is. God, I open myself up right now, God, that you would flip this cup over in that area, that particular area of my life, and fill it with your glory. I want to see you glorified in it. If you got your hand up, if you're standing beside somebody with their hand up and, and you don't have anything that comes to mind, go ahead and just stretch your hand toward that person. Let's pray for them right now. Let's pray for them right now. In the cloud of witnesses, we stand. And all of heaven, heavenly Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, as the, as the clay met the supernatural, as the natural met the supernatural, and the DNA of the Son of God, Lord, was anointed. God, I pray that you would anoint them right now. Blind eyes be open as we are sent forth. God, as we go and wash, Lord, as we're sanctified. Jesus said, I sanctify myself that you too may be sanctified. Lord, God, as we spend time in the word of God, open our eyes, open the blind eyes in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you for testimonies of what you're doing in our midst, the faithfulness and the goodness of God, your grace and your mercy, Lord God. We thank you for opening blind eyes and letting us see what you're doing and the opportunities that, that is at hand, that you would be made famous, Jesus Christ, that you would be glorified. Lord, that all in this room, whatever we're facing, God, we would be able to say, I have finished the work which you gave me to do. God, we see it as an opportunity for us to agree with you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Can we give God some glory this morning? He's good. He's good.